Morning. Thank you for the whistlers. I always appreciate people whistling at me. I work hard at that. So. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, so anyways, good morning. Welcome to, welcome to North Ward Church of Christ. If you came from just across town, or if you came from points afar, like maybe Henderson, Tennessee, Tennessee uh, we appreciate you being here this morning. Um, briefly, um, a lot of kids here from Freed Harbor. I call them kids, and I'm sorry about that. Two of them are my own. Um, young people, young adults from uh, Freed Harbor University are here uh, this morning. They're here on a mission trip for uh, their club, Zai Chi Delta, is that right? Okay, it's a social club. Um, when Grant started going there, he told me that uh, probably the best thing on campus is the social clubs. It's the one thing that keeps everything going. And uh, when we took Ashanti up there to school, the lady that took us on a tour said it's like having your own portable youth group that you go everywhere with. That's very encouraging and keeping, uh, keeping the faith, keeping them growing. Uh, I've seen with, with Grant over the three years, watching him grow. And, uh, and watching Jamie grow too. So we are thankful that they are here. Um, other ones from their group went to Vermont and some went to Navajo Nation on mission trips. I think all in all the school sent out, what, 10 mission trips for spring break? 10 different places they went on mission trips, some far away, some not so far away. Uh, it's a good way to, to break into to missions themselves. Um, they worked on their own fundraising to, to get here. They, they, uh, they worked on budgets, they worked on the, the, the sermons, the outlines, the, all the spiritual stuff that goes with it. Uh, and they put together a, a lot, of, lot of work into that, and that's what, as we know, a church itself. You might have one or two paid employees, but everything else is, it's on our back. So um, it, it, develops, it develops the kids, it develops people to go to a church and keep it thriving for another 2,000 years or until Jesus comes back. So we are thankful for them being here this morning. I'm also very thankful for the road crew who is here this morning, uh, Steve and Chris and Matt and Brent. Uh, they hazard, they brave the hazards of the South, the roads, the tornadoes, the uh, all that to, to make the trip. And I'm also thankful for the Estes Church of Christ for uh, loaning us their bus to help make the trip because we have ours and theirs. And along with that comes my nephew Andrew. So Andrew's here with us to do. So, anyways, please welcome them. Um, except. Uh, I'm excited for them, and they're here as part of their thing to, to strengthen us. Matt, uh, Grant's going to talk a little bit about that more later. Uh, but we're going to, like every, every other Sunday, we're going to have songs. Grant's going to be our song leader. We're going um, to have prayers. We're going to have the Lord's Supper. I think Lou's going to do the Lord's Supper and offer to, and time for giving. We are going to have a sermon, a sermon by Elijah on passion. So I expect, uh, I hear good things about Elijah speaking and his writing in particular. I hear he's a very good writer. So we are uh, strengthened by that. Um, I think, am I forgetting anything else? No, that's about it. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, let's start it off with a prayer. Dear Lord, we're thankful for your love and for your grace. We're thankful for soft hearts. We're thankful for these young people that uh, have that passion for you that they, they look, to, look to you for guidance, but you can see it in their li lives. You can see that bright light that shines through them. Um, I know this evening, the sermon will be on a house on the hill. And again, it's that light that shines to the world around us. Let us all have that light. May our light be rekindled. May it reach the darknesses in the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Let's go ahead and sing out to our God. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul. Rejoice, enjoy my King. Help us to represent you in all that we do. We are so thankful for the body that you have built up, the church that can be there with us when, when we struggle. Help us to rely on one another and confess to each other our sins. In your name, amen. As the
As we prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper today, I'd like to read a verse, two verses from John chapter 6, verse 53 to 54. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of, the, of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. I hope that we're able to remember his sacrifice today as a prayer and that we're able to focus on sacrifice he made for us. Join me as I pray for the bread. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son as a sacrifice and allowing him to die on the cross for us, Lord. Thank you for his body that was broken in our stead, Lord. I pray that we will take this bread in a manner that is worthy of our calling, worthy of the sacrifice that he made in his blood, sweat, toil, and the cross that he hung from, Lord. I pray that you remain with us for the rest of the week and the remembrance of your son is with us throughout the rest of the week and our lives, Lord. Amen. Show me as I pray for the cup. Thank you, Lord, for the blood that was set on, set on the cross for us. Thank you for the sacrifice that he made again, Lord, and for the cleansing flood that he provides us. I pray that we're able to once again look over our sins and forgive us for all that we've done. Continue to purify us, Lord, in all that we do, and continue to forgive us. In your son's name I pray, amen. I would like to shift our focus to how we're richly blessed by him and how we can give back. Join me in the prayer for the offering. Lord, thank you for blessing us every day, Lord, with the lives that we have in sickness and in health, Lord. Thank you for everything you've given us and Thank you for the perfect world you created for us that we may not be the best stewards of. I pray that we're able to use our resources in a way that is worthy of our calling and that the resources that are given are able to be used in a way that is worthy, Lord. In your son's name we pray, amen.
Today's scripture reading will be Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. But if I say, I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. For those that are second grade and younger, we have children's class uh, provided. Um, most of them are already gone, so that's, that's awesome. Um, I think we have, we have led this on here uh, in the past. Um, I'd just like to make note that instead of singing Send the Light, we'll be singing Take the Light. Um, just as a, a reminder that our faith is meant to be shared directly through us. Um, it doesn't come down to paying a missionary to do so. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless wave. Take the light, take the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Take the light, take the light, take the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine.
Good morning. I feel so official. I have my name on a PowerPoint slide. <laughs> uh, very glad to be here with you all. Very glad to get the opportunity to get to speak. This is something that I enjoy doing, and so I'm always glad whenever I get the opportunity to to speak God's word. And I hope that what I have prepared today will both be presented in a meaningful manner and be something that will be what we need to hear. So many of you I still haven't got the chance to meet yet. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about myself first. I am a guy who gets excited very easily. I think, I think my friends can probably attest to that, that just I, the smallest things get me pumped up. And I don't know why I'm that way, but I'm that way. I'm a guy who fully commits to what he does, fully enjoys it, and fully enjoys uh, the people that I get to do it with. And sometimes this excitement for things can lead me to do some crazy things. Like one of the examples I thought of in writing this was I worked for a summer camp up in Tennessee last summer, and one of the games they had us doing, for whatever reason, needed me to wear a chicken suit and run a lot in like 90 degree weather. And crazy, I know, but um, I did it, I fully committed to it, and I had a good time. I almost threw up because it was really hot, but I had a good time. Um, so that's a little bit about me. But I want you to think of some things that get you excited. What gets you pumped up? What gets you going? And as you think on this question, um, flip your Bibles over to Luke chapter 19, where we see a story of a man who was excited and did something the people of the time probably considered pretty crazy. The man is Zacchaeus. And unfortunately for Zacchaeus, his height did not match his excitement because one of the few things we're told about Zacchaeus is that he was short. He was of small stature is how the scripture phrases it. But Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus. So when, Z when Jesus was in the area, Zacchaeus knew he had to hear for himself. In Luke chapter 19, I'm going to start reading uh, in verses 1 through 6. <clears throat> he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Zacchaeus knew that he had to hear what Jesus had to say for himself. And we see the lengths that he was willing to go through for it. I think when reading this passage, we often don't consider the humiliation that this would have been for Zacchaeus. You know, not only was he short, but he was also a tax collector. And he was climbing into a tree. That probably would have been really embarrassing for him. And I imagine the people of the day wouldn't have passed up the opportunity to take a shot at a tax collector. But he didn't care because he knew how important hearing the word was. And so he climbed up into the tree and we see his faith rewarded for it. We'll come back to Zacchaeus in a minute, but for now, flip over to Matthew chapter 13. Because when we're passionate about something, we know what it's worth to us. We know its value. And in Matthew chapter 13, we see two really short parables. They're either one or two 
verses apiece. But we see two parables about people who knew the worth of something and knew what they were willing to give up to get it. Um, Matthew chapter 13, I'll start in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. We're not told the names of these people. Like most of Jesus' parables, we're just told about what they do. But we see that they recognized how important this was, and they gave up everything they had to get it. And we're told by saying the kingdom of heaven is like, we're told this is how we should treat heaven, that it should be worth everything that we have, and nothing should stand in our way of getting it. One more, one more passage before I kind of connect these three together comes to us in Luke chapter 5. And while you're flipping over there, I'll set the scene a little bit. So Jesus is teaching to a crowd, and it says that people have come from all over, from Jerusalem and from Galilee and from villages near those. So while Jesus is teaching, there's a paralyzed man who wants to hear the word, but he can't get in because of the crowd. But his friends, his friends aren't going to let that stop him, and they show really some ingenious, on-the-spot thinking. And I'll start reading in verse 18. We see what the, what the man's friends do for him. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven, you. And so, kind of tying these three together, right? Zacchaeus was so dedicated to hear the word that he climbed up in a tree in public just to hear what Jesus says. We today have the complete, full word of God, and sometimes we can't even get off our couch for it. The, man, or the two men in the parables in Matthew chapter 13, they were willing to give up everything they had just to acquire their, their various treasures. And we hold on to our earthly possessions or our temptations. We can't give those up for it. The friends of this paralyzed man were willing to lift him and his bed up onto a roof and then lower him back down just so he, that get, just so he could get to Jesus. And then today, we let something like a potentially awkward conversation stop us from showing Jesus to others. How have we lost that New Testament passion and the drive that they had, and how can we get it back? I think the answer to these questions lie in remembering who God is and what the gospel does for us. I think the first thing to remember is that we should be passionate and driven for the gospel because the God we serve is that great. Flip over to 1 Kings chapter 18, and I'm going to set the scene real quick while y'all are flipping over there. I think the power of God is something that many of us growing up in the church often take for granted, right? We, we hear it our whole lives to the point that we kind of, we kind of, we've heard it so many times that we don't truly appreciate it. But all throughout the Bible, 
we see just these marvelous acts of God, right? This is the God who created the universe and everything we know in six days. This is the God who sent the 10 plagues upon Egypt and freed his people, right? All the marvelous acts throughout Judges and Joshua that he accomplished. One of my favorite passages that talks about God's power is, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the last few chapters of Job. I'm not gonna read them right now because it's three chapters worth. But um, this is where God answers Job out of the whirlwind, and he lists all these incredible, truly marvelous things that he's done. And sometime, I encourage you to go back and read those, but for now, I want to focus in 1 Kings chapter 18. This is where Elijah has the prophets of Baal on the mountain, right? It's kind of their, their big showdown moment. And the terms that they've agreed to is each group, Elijah has one, and prophets of Baal have one. Each one has a bull or a sacrifice and they're going to prepare the altar for their various God and whichever God responds first will be recognized by the people as the true God. All right? So the prophets set up theirs. You know, they're calling out for Baal. They even, the Bible even says that they're cutting themselves and putting the blood upon the altar to try and um, get him to respond. And Obviously, nothing happens from Baal. Elijah kind of pokes fun at him a little bit, says maybe he's on a journey, maybe he's sleeping, or maybe he's using the bathroom. Um, but then, starting in, um, starting in verse 36, um, we see Elijah start to call out to God. And after, this is, he set up his altar, he set 12 stones um, as a memorial for the 12 tribes. And just to go one step further and prove without a doubt the power of God, he soaks his sacrifice in water. Not once, not even twice, but three times he pours water on it to the point that there's a trench around the sacrifice filled with water. In verse 36, we see Elijah start praying. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The prophets of Baal were so impressed at what went down that they immediately turned from their false god. And this was, we know God's true power. We've seen all that he's done. And so we who know his power know that this display of fire by comparison to what he's capable of was really just a minor thing. And so if something that relatively small display of God's power can turn so many people, prophets of so many other groups, then we as his dedicated servants who know his full power should be much more willing and much more dedicated to serve him because of it. May his power always inspire us and may that inspiration always be converted into action. But another reason to be passionate is because of how much God has given us. Think through this morning alone, right? You woke up. The fact you woke up already means 
you're so much more blessed than many people in the world. You woke up in a house, in a bed. You got out of bed. You probably took a shower. I took a shower. You ate breakfast. You probably drove here. You have the ability to worship in this air-conditioned building without fear of persecution or death for who you worship, right? We are so blessed in so many ways that we take for granted. And this should inspire us to serve him, right? If you give someone a gift or someone gives you a gift, gratitude or thanks is expected to be shown in some way, right? Normally it's just a simple thank you. But the bigger the gift, the bigger that, that gesture of gratitude in response is. And so I'll apply that to this, how much God has given us, right? Our gratitude should be, should scale as that does. And over to Luke chapter 17, Jesus is traveling and we see somebody who shows um, this thankfulness and truly appreciates a blessing that God gives him. He's traveling through the land when he comes across 10 lepers. I'll start reading in verse 12 of Luke chapter 17. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. We see Jesus' disappointed reaction in the nine that didn't thank him. But we see that the one who was thankful and praised him for it, we see Jesus say, your faith has made you well. Jesus gave this man a chance at life. No longer was he a diseased outcast. He had a chance at living again. He's done the same for us, right? Not with the physical disease, but with that spiritual disease of sin. It's no longer held against us. We're no longer burdened by what we carry or what we do, but he's given us that chance at life again. So my question to you is which leper are you going to be? Are you going to be the one who takes that blessing for granted and doesn't appreciate that he's been given that chance at life again? Or are you going to be the one who praises him and thanks him for what he's done? And I urge you, don't wait until judgment day to find out. Our last passage for the day comes to us in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. And judgment day is a good segue into my last point, that we should be passionate for God because the world needs us to be. I know Josiah is talking about being the city on the hill tonight, so I don't wanna, I don't wanna steal from him too much. But we as Christians know what happens to those who live in sin and die, right? And to know, to know what awaits them, to know the fate that's coming for them and not do anything to help them avoid that that's not love. We're called to love as Christ loved us. And how can we say we're doing that if we know what's coming for the world and we don't try and help them avoid it? I had y'all flip to Jeremiah chapter 29, or chapter 20, verse 9. 
um, because he has a great verse that Gavin read for us earlier that shows us how the word and how God should be in our lives. I'll read that verse again for us. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. Jeremiah is, um, in the context of this passage, Jeremiah is talking about how he's being persecuted for being a prophet of God. Right? Even some of his friends have um, criticized him for it. But he says that the word is too great, like, a, like trying to contain a fire. We started today by looking at people willing to go to great lengths for God or for his word. And so what lengths are you willing to go for? What lengths are you willing to go to for him? Sorry, I, I phrased that a little weird, but you know what I'm trying to say. Because we, we who have this complete full word of God and know his greatness, we should match or exceed what those people were willing to go through. Because God is that great, he's given us that much, and the world needs us to be. So as you reflect on these things today, where do you find yourself falling short? Maybe you think, I'm not willing to go to the lengths that I should be for God. Maybe you think, I don't appreciate his power or what he's given me enough. Please, anything that we can help with. I know most of you don't know me yet, but talk to me about it. Talk to someone you trust about it. Talk to an elder about it, but talk to someone about it before it's too late. If there's anything that we can help you with, please come forward while we stand and while we sing.
Uh, we especially appreciate the group from Freed Hardman with us here this morning and especially for leading our worship service. Please, uh, let's show our appreciation for them. Thank you. Uh, a couple of announcements before we close. We, our food pantry is open tomorrow. Uh, if you can help, we're going to be bagging some bread after services today. And there's more help needed tomorrow. If you can spare the time, please see Mike or Sue. The ladies' Bible class will be doing lunch after class this week. If you plan to attend that, please sign the list in the foyer. Also, the senior adults will be doing a game day this Thursday, March 30th from 10 to 12 p.m. or a.m., I'm sorry. Uh, lunch will follow, so please sign up for that if you're going to be there. I have uh, an update on some of our sick. Terry Andrews, who comes to our ladies' Bible class, had an emergency surgery this week. Uh, she had an abdominal ab abscess and she and her husband have asked for your prayers on her behalf. Fran Robinson had a successful surgery this week. Continue to pray for her recovery. Also, Gigi Riscala had surgery this week as well and continued praying for her. Pat Ortkees will be having a shoulder replacement surgery on Tuesday. Please keep her in your prayers. Also, we got word that Brenda Scott is not doing well as you know, she has many problems, so please keep her in your prayers. And I have a note to read. Dearest brothers and sisters, Charlie and I deeply appreciate your love, support, and prayers before, during, and after my surgery. A special shout out to Susan White, Chris Griffin, and Carol O'Neill for feeding us so well. Once again, during surgery, I had to be placed on a ventilator, but you were praying and God heard your prayers. Therefore, I was able to be removed from the ventilator and began breathing on my own. It will take several months for me to fully recover since more had to be done than when it was expected. So please continue to pray for me. I am making good progress and am beginning to feel good enough to resume harassing and aggravating Mike O'Neill and Steve Sharp. Many thanks and much love, Gail Griffin. And I think uh, Grant has an announcement as well. I just wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about the mission trip. Um, it's not just so me and Jamie could find a free ride home, um, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, the, the church here in Florida is, is pretty spread out, and I, I wanted to help bring the encouragement of the unity of the church. Um, there are many young people that I have gotten to know and love at Freed Hardeman, and I wanted to bring them and share their talents um, to this church, Orange Avenue, Concord, and Pinecastle, uh, which is where we'll be visiting this week. Um, and we'll also be going to the Central Florida Bible Camp to uh, serve them with a little manual labor too, um, which, uh, as we know, is a lovely place that many of the churches in the area benefit from. Um, I hope that um, we've been able to encourage you some um, and, and hopefully 
you found a little source of passion um, in, in, in this worship service, as I did. Um, thank you, guys. Let's go ahead and stand and sing before we close.
Let's pray together. Father, uh, I just thank you so much uh, for all the many blessings that you've given to us. Uh, I thank you so much for bringing this group of people uh, here together this morning. Uh, God, I just thank you for everybody here, uh, and I ask that uh, after today that we may have a renewed sense of passion for um, doing your will uh, and showing you to others as we go out. So Lord, I just ask as we go throughout this week that we're able to do those things uh, and to bring glory to your name. God, I thank you most of all for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.